Welcome back to the Emergency Power Podcast, and welcome to the Breathless. Until this day, you were one of the lost, gasping and afraid, but no more. You're home, and a bright new future stretches out before us. And let me tell you, it's a breath of fresh air. I'm not afraid. <laughs> no, no, you absolutely were, you just didn't know it. <laughs> nope, not afraid at all. <laughs> Never afraid. Nothing scares me now. <laughs> wow. Are the impressive. Adam, are the aviators part of the persona here? <laughs> uh, they help me get into the character a little bit, yeah. Yeah. They're very These good. These are my favorite glasses, yes, the the round boys. Oh, they have names. They, they've got blinders on the sides. It's kind yeah, of cool. it's, yeah. they're, absolutely, they're absolutely the glasses that um, David Tennant's character wore in Good Omens. They are 100% mm. legitimately the exact same. <laughs> Crowley, I that's the these. name. I couldn't grab it. Yes. <laughs> Grow better. Beautiful show. Love it. Oh, I am so excited to learn all of these secrets about soul. We've secrets? been waiting I've, I've for kept so those secrets. long. What are you talking about? <laughs> are you sure book. you want to go with that route now? Because <laughs> if if you won't tell me, I'm sure Jasper will. Oh, what does Jasper actually know? Well, let's find out. Quite a bit. Apparently. I know everyone's <laughs> secrets. <laughs> cakes and pies, cakes and I pie. am so <laughs> excited slash nervous because this has only been 19 episodes in the making. Through my own fault, no one else's. Oh boy, no just pressure. Cagey. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think what's going to happen is kind of like the episode when Mark's new character come in, came in. I'm just going to sit back and relax, and I'm going to let you guys handle everything, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, nice. Oh no. Oh dear. Yeah. I'm sure that'll turn out fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, I think it's time to get this started, don't you? Oh, I believe so. <laughs> yes. The foundations of Akaton are the bed of life. The mighty skyscrapers would be nothing without the stability it provides. But the foundation has begun to shift, content no more to reside underfoot. Today it rises, today it takes to the skies. Forward the foundation in the Tomes of Emergency Power, Volume 3, Chapter 20. Yeah, Woo-hoo. down with building. Revolution. I love it. Jasper the Red leads the second hand crew through an underground bunker. As you walk past a myriad of offshooting rooms, there is a flurry of activity, preparations and planning, moving at full pace. Hollow lights light up the faces of the many varied people who work towards a single goal. And this place looks like it could withstand a bombardment, but somehow it can barely contain the excitement of these people. People you might have seen outside. People you might have seen torn down by the rigors of life under oppression. But you see hope. You also see surprised looks as the crew goes by. The leader of the Breathless stops just before a sturdy metal door. Then they turn and stare at the entrance for a few moments. And then inside the door you hear as a few bolts slide free and the door swings open. Talk with Armory Master Reed. She'll get you geared up. It may not be in perfect condition, but 
they'll get you what you need or the next best thing. So you walk into a room that's fairly large with reinforced walls, and there's guns, melee weapons, armor, mods, crafting machines lined up along these walls, and a large, chitinous, tan, bug-like creature of ten or so feet with these four little vestigial arms on their abdomen is sitting down at one of these stations and they're welding on what looks like the barrel of a rifle. I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, read the works, if you would, and then send them to my quarters. They need it more than me. I wasn't sleeping much anyways. And they turn to all of you. Here is my comm frequency if you need anything. And uh, T, it's good to see you again. Let's talk soon. So we'll give him a nod and um, just kind of keep quiet. Yeah, so they give you a little wave without looking back, and then they walk into the movement of the crowd. And uh, as they're walking away, Reed just raises one of their three-fingered clawed hands and, like, gives a thumbs up, but, like, doesn't even look away from what they're doing. What species was Reed? If you want to find out, you can give me a life science check. Sound like a beetle? (laughs) More or less. 26 for the robot. Uh, 15. 19. Two. is going to look over and and say, I think we tested on miniature versions of those in our lab. Probably shouldn't mention that. Do not say that out loud, Pons. Said it very quietly. Wow, when even Para knows. (laughs) (laughs) If you experimented on someone's, like, distant relative, maybe don't mention it. Hans will ignore the check. Okay. So this is a Trox. They are very large, bug-like creatures. They're huge armored things that are around 10 feet tall usually. They're burrowers, and they have these big mandibles right in front of their mouth. And as I mentioned in the description, these little vestigial arms on their chest that they can move, but like they're not big enough to wield weapons and stuff like that. They're kind of rare, but not like so much so that you've never seen or heard of them. Whisker will lean over to Soul and just say, Tea? It's a bit of a long story. Get into it later. Fair enough. So do you have like a catalog or something that I can shop from? Uh, They point over towards one of the workbenches. It's all listed on there. Just have a look around. And once you've figured it out, give me a list and I'll sort it. There's a workbench? He is. (laughs) I'm just going to go to the workbench and start pulling stuff off of the uh, shelves to craft whatever it was that I wanted. (laughs) So they're looking down at this rifle barrel welding. And then you start doing this, and they look over, and they like lift their goggles up and stare at you with their insectoid eyes, and then just give a little shrug and go back to what they're doing. And the first thing that I'm going to make is Whisker pulls up just a bunch of, like, like, a handful of goggles. The next time you see them, they just drop these goggles in front of you all. There's one for each of you. Uh, yeah, you're going to need these. And they are dust goggles. Ooh. Oh, nice. I'm sure they do exactly what they sound like. Keep the dust out of my eyes. Hmm. Uh, That sounds helpful to me. Dust goggles will uh, help to negate the effects of concealment 
if it's due to like a cloud or dust nice. or what have you. I like it. Very and good. I, I believe I believe it is considered a I believe it can be installed as a armor upgrade as well if you have the mm-hmm. slot. Oh, probably not. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and if not, I believe it counts as a magic item. So as you guys are looking over all the gear in here, what this equates to is you're getting all the things that you bought from your level up. Nice. Nice. Ah, yes. Payday. All right. I think as Koto peruses uh, over all of the junk here, something catches her eye that is like squirming in a little tube. And she says, "Um, excuse me, um, can I take a look at this real quick? Yeah, that's my younger brother. Go ahead. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I guess keep it all in the family. <laughs> so Koto goes and like picks it up and sees this little like small, like little gooey green alien like substance in there. Um, and she's going to try to do a mysticism check on it to try to identify it. All right. Go ahead. It's a 29. Thank goodness Ooh. I know exactly what this is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically it's a, it's a, it's a Mark II personal upgrade. It's a synergizing symbiote. So basically I'll need to get this surgically implanted into my body and it's going to permanently increase one of my ability scores by four. Ooh, Pan's love mm. surgery. Nice. nice. The Mark II brain yeah. surgery. Yes. Mark, you have gone to level two. Yes. It's been a long oh. time coming. That's not nearly as high as the rest of us. <laughs> you know, start a little bit late. But yeah, uh, that's so what you get when your character dies. That's what that's exactly. Um, Koto uh, takes up the uh, the the upgrade, and she says, um, "Is it okay if I just take this? Anything okay with that?" The boss said, "Give you the work, so go right ahead." I think. Uh, Please she'll take do- my brother. He's really annoying. (laughs) Now it'll be a part of me forever. Um, She'll give like a curt nod and then she'll immediately go over to 5e and say, if you have some time, um, would you mind helping put this in me? It looks like a babble fish, like from Hitchhiker's Guide. I think you just stick it in your ear and it just kind of wiggles in there. I always like to picture it as like a brain slug from Futurama. (laughs) <laughs> so this isn't like a glass ampule i'm assuming or a vial yeah yeah kind of like a big yeah, yeah. absolutely they're in a tube right. with like glowing green liquid five e takes the tube and says i believe the application of this organic upgrade should be fairly intuitive and simple but i will assist you in the installation to ensure that you do not cause any permanent damage to your nerve endings I'm much appreciated. Fonz is just kind of looking at this thinking like, oh, something inside of you. Yeah. And he kind of shudders. Favi looks over at Pons and says, you seem interested in this process. Would you like for us to acquire one for you as well? No, I'll help put it into Koto, but no, 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 no. Not for me. Very well, then. Um, yeah, we can we can get about slurping that thing right into your ear. There. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, love <it>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> the pop sound at the end. <laughs> this is great. Well, 
Then we'll just cue the montage of you guys like pulling guns off the wall, looking them over, like strapping armor on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did anyone else get anything cool? No, I just wanted to see if there was like a lasso or something, a rope with a lasso that I could are, get. Are we briefly talking about any cool stuff that we got from level ups? I can't, obviously, because like my whole character is new, but yeah, if there's something super special you guys want to throw out there. Absolutely. Um, five, five, he is just going to make himself at home with a workbench near the trucks and start welding bits and pieces of new tempered compounds to his uh, existing suit. Uh, and by the end of it, what will effectively happen is that his D suit two becomes a D suit three. Hey. Nice. nice. All right. D suit. So much nicer when the people that come in can make their own things. I can keep working. Well, there's no sense <laughs> in being a burden. It seems as though you've got your hands full keeping this crew up to snuff to be a functioning army. There is one cool thing that Whisker makes uh, while at this workbench, and you see them fitting like this. It looks like it's about the size and shape of a heart, but it's like got all kinds of cybernetic components attached to it. And then they just kind of pull back their fur and it like kind of dissolves into nanites and they just shove it into their chest. And what it is, is a synchronous heart augmentation. <laughs> and I'm going to read this out. Yeah, it's really cool. That one. Your heart huge. is fitted with occult fixtures that connect its rhythm to the energy of nearby living creatures. You have blind sight life with a range of 30 feet, but only for Whoa. dying and stable living creatures. Wow. As a reaction, you can allow an ally within 30 feet to spend your resolve points to stabilize Whoa. or stay in the fight. Wow. Oof. No more dying wow. on my watch. Wow. So like before an enemy wow. basically reattacks you, we could use our reaction to trigger that for you instead of doing it on your turn. No, when on your turn, I can spend a reaction and then you can freely use my resolve points as if they were yours. Yeah, if you guys are Dang. out of points, say Brandon's situation, yeah. if Whisker was there, they could have been like, you take my resolve points, you can stabilize. Which is exactly why if Whisker is feet. building this. <laughs> Make Crazy. seven up yours. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that is pretty cool. No, uh, Pons is is not the most efficient with most uh, with a uh, weaponry, so he's got a few new spells, but um, he's also been hanging on to a few magic items that they've recently acquired. So Pons is pretty happy at the moment. Pons has the friendship bracelet, but just one on each of his little hands. <laughs> yep, love it. A tiny, tiny hands. I feel so appreciated. I'm my own best friend. <laughs> okay, Soul is like still continuing to pull out their data pad, try and place a call. It fails. And they like try again. Like it's just a thing that they're doing almost like a nervous tick at this point, but they do turn around and they see like what looks like a vial of um, uh, blood in like a quick inject syringe and turn it over and go, oh, yes, please. And just inject it right in. Um, and they now have regenerative blood, which whenever Ooh. they... Um, spend resolve points to stay in the fight, they will also gain a small amount of hit points. Cool. Nice. nice. That's cool. All right. So anything else anyone wants to say about gear stuff like that before I move things on? I'm not trying to say a park. Um, like quietly looks at this um, 
pile of stuff and just like they swipe their tentacled left arm across some things and just absorb them in and then I wander off. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Uh, I'll have that. Yeah, just like it's like sweeping a table, but there's everything's being absorbed into their arms as they're doing it. Lovely. Mixed between a cat and a kleptomaniac, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just quietly brush it off the table. Not actually, inaccurate. I'll just take it. <laughs> oh, actually, um, Paladin um, reaches into her arm, pulls out uh, some kind of new firearm, and hands it to uh, Magrani. Uh-oh. Oh, um, what's this? This could be fun. I don't think I need it, but you might like it. And they're going to hand my Ronnie uh, some some weapon for them to have for future reference. <laughs> so my Ronnie could okay, tool up with all of us. Did you have a specific one in mind? Or? No, no, no. I just wanted my Ronnie to tool up with us. It felt like we were all doing these cool montages and I was just standing in the background being like, yeah, no, that's fine. I'll just... Uh, uh, I'm a Ronnie. Uh. <laughs> in the background, they found another cowboy hat that they're trying on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everyone's montage has Maroni in the background trying on a cowboy hat. <laughs> wait, did Maroni level up too? He might have. You may have to wait and find out. On that note, NR5E is going to go over to where Maroni is sitting, standing, whatever he's doing at this point in time. Staring at the wall of guns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, re and remark, it is probable that we are going into a more dangerous situation than any other that you have faced with us to date. I am concerned for your safety but you are a capable ally. Let us see if we can work together to up our survivability. They look over at you with their three black eyes and give you a slow nod. Do you think they have any tailored suits with armor plating in it? I imagine that with a little bit of effort, Whisker and I could whip up just about anything you'd ask for. That's pretty cool. No problem. <laughs> well, I think that, uh, I think I may have picked up a few tricks watching all of you fight hopefully uh hopefully i'm not worthless you are far from worthless if we had more time i would develop a strategy with you that would involve some sort of interlacing targeting matrix selection process unfortunately we don't really have the time for that right now so i'll keep it down to a simple statement shoot where i shoot seems simple enough and they look down at the gun that para handed them and it seems like they're more or less on board with, all right, you're going to aim for something. I'll aim for that, too. Nice. Excellent. And they tip their hat a little bit. Oh, so no. <laughs> Milady. <laughs> don't make him, don't make him bad. Marani's not a neck. Milady. Marani immediately takes the hat off and throws it away. <laughs> no. I was going to say, someone will slap him if he does that. <laughs> I was just trying to be, you know, wear a cool hat. Well, fine, whatever, whatever. No, no, it is, it is a cool away. hat. It is a cool hat. Kota, what are you doing? Don't so ruined. All right. So you guys gear up. And once you finish doing so, Reed stands up and gestures for you to follow them. They take you to a room that's scarcely adorned aside from a single cot and a collapsible table and enough dust to last you an entire lifetime. And after you guys all head in, Reed gives you a little nod as they're like ducking to be able to look through the door frame. And then they shut the door and head off and you guys are left alone in this room. And despite the inhospitability of this planet, this place feels somehow safe. Hmm. 
Time to sleep. It's like, time to sleep. You look over, Para's already out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, like, Para over the and Pons are doing so bad right now. Yeah, Para, Para's finding, seeing it's a safe space, they walk in a circle and just like meld into a cube. <laughs> oh my God. Pons, you have two health? Yeah, I've not been doing very I well. I just saw that. We should also probably apply like some medicine checks to pawns to heal that up because one long rest isn't going to do it. Yeah. Nope. Let me, let me throw one of those out. How's the old 29 ski do for something? 29. I don't, I don't remember how medicine works. Uh, in this you game need, anymore. you can do treat deadly wounds uh, once per day and that'll heal. Um, it's based on the. The DC is based on the med kit. Yeah, you have, have advanced med kit, right? Yeah. Yeah, we did spring yeah. for the advanced. Yeah, you got it by far. Uh, what's the DC? Because if, for every five, if I he think beats it's, it by five or more. Did it take it down from 25 to 20? Advanced med kit, treat deadly wounds to 20. Yeah, so you beat it by five or more. So you healed for one HP per level plus 5e's intelligence modifier. So that would be eight plus two, ten. All right. Nice. Nice. You don't have any uh, uh, spells left over, Pawns? I do have a couple Mystic Cures here. I actually don't have as many as my sheet says, but I have a couple, yes. Okay. So I'll expend a few D8 to try to boost that even further. Cool. Oh, don't you have that stuff? Um... The staff of healing? Ivy has it, yeah. The staff of, like, healing bonus. Actually, ah, yes. uh, I believe acquired. I have that in... Sorry, go, uh, I have that in my inventory now, so we might have shifted that over to Pons in the last episode. Because that gives you, like, a bonus to your healing, right? Yeah. Pons, Pons should absolutely be using that. Yeah. Of anybody else here. It, like, boosts the minimum I can heal, I think. It's all points to each time. All right, so with a couple of spell slots there, Pons is going to be able to go back up to 32 health along with uh, in our 5e's medicine check there. So nice. not too bad, but I am, yes, Pons is still going to go find a corner, just barely float off the ground and kind of curl up into a ball to sleep. Little fetal position, Pons. <laughs> Cute. Soul kind of rolls their shoulder from where they're still aching from being tangling with Big Mama, and it's like, ooh, I think, and you watch them kind of close their eyes, and they start to glow, not from their moat, but from their chest, and this warm light surrounds them, and they heal for 16 hit points. That is awesome. At the cost of one resolve. Cool. Before going to bed, Whisker will walk up to Soul again and be like, is now a good time? Soul has like once again hit a dial on the phone and it's once again failed and they just sigh and kind of turn and lean against the wall and just like sink down um, kind of knees in front of them and put their forearms on their knees and are like well suppose after that little display nothing really to keep up sure what questions have you got oh um several but uh, we'll start with, you know Jasper. Yes, um, it was basically a lifetime ago, but spent a lot of time together in our youth. That's it? Seems like there's some history there. What's this, uh, them calling you T? <laughs> um, T was what most people knew me by until I was in my teenage years. 
It's not my favorite, but we work with what we've got. He did call me T and not Teef, so perhaps he's not entirely pissed at me. That might be good. Ah, and uh, the two Lashunta in that picture, were they part of your crew? There's a very long pause and they kind of rub their faces. They're just like, they were my teachers. They taught me everything that I know. Everything good I know, anyway. They took me out of a literal hell and gave me the best life I could have dreamed of for a while. What happened? The same thing that always happens, Whisker. People get tired of my shit and move on. Now, now the dervish is going to know that we're related and they're going to be very easy to find because, because they're still with the monastery and they're prominent and gods. If they find out I've put them in danger, they're going to hate me even more than they already do, and I can't... I don't know how to deal with that. Well, you don't have to deal with it alone. I'll help you, and I'm sure everyone here will, too. Gonna do you a favor and not hold you to that. Adam, how big is this chamber that we're housed in, approximately? Oh, let's see. Are you asking if you hear this? More or less. You absolutely hear this. Okay. Five, he comes over. And sinks down to the floor in an approximation of soul's body language, assuming the same posture of legs folded into chest and arms over. One of my cultural modules suggests that mimicking your body language will help put you at ease. I'm not foolish enough to believe that in this circumstance, but I'm hoping it will at least provide some comic relief and make you feel a bit better. So that one pierced eyebrow goes up, <laughs> but they do manage to crack a little. Ah, <laughs> oh, good. It's working. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, you? Yes. Is your programming supposed to be this charming, or is this just a happy accident? I am a highly adaptive heuristic cybernetic organism. Happy accident, then, yes. No, no. He's always this charming. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I think. <laughs> Whisker is correct. You will not deal with this situation alone. It would not be the first time that we've diverted course in order to help one of our own or their loved ones. Nor will it be the last. But there is a more pressing matter that I need to ask you about. You spoke of an organization known as the Brass Enigma. You and this individual were once members of it, correct? Yes. Were they a paramilitary organization? <laughs> Soul's gonna kind of look over to, uh... uh Hans, see if he's still awake or if he's just absolutely crapped out. Uh, I'd say probably take him a few minutes. So it's one of those conversations where you can hear it, but you might not be paying fully attention as you're starting to go into slumber. Sol's just going to... Hans. Yeah, what, what's up, Sol? Humor me, will you? What do you think an organization called the Brass Enigma has been doing? Huh. We're probably collecting a whole bunch of gold with bounties or, or something. I'm sure that, yeah, it's probably having to do with piles of money. Not sure. Huh. Not entirely far off the mark, then. They kind of settle back and lean their head against the wall. So it was a very fancy name to give a group of very wretched children a sense of importance, I suppose. Now, the Brass Enigma was... I suppose a gang is the right word. I'm sure there was some sort of upper levels of criminality going on. I didn't know what they did or who they were because you don't trust children with that information. We were just 
We were there to distract guards and cause havoc in pickpockets and nothing you might have hoped. A common tactical adaptation of many criminal organizations, then. The reason I ask is, this Jasper appears to have taken on the responsibility of training these individuals as revolutionaries. If you can offer me some sort of insight into what that training would entail, the type of combat tactics they would adapt, we might be able to better coordinate our own stratagems to optimize our survivability and success quotient. I knew Jasper a lifetime ago. Spin, you see them like think. It's been at least 15 years, I'm afraid. We were children. I, we were sneak thieves and cut purses and, but I can tell you I have to catch up with him, but Jasper was the best of us. He certainly armed himself and his people well, so. When you say the best of us, do you mean in terms of skill at picking pockets or morals? I'm not going to say any of us were moral. Never really got much of that opportunity, but he took care of people, the ones who needed it most. Now, it makes sense then why they would fall into a role such as this. They're still trying to take care of people. Indeed. Under extremely adverse conditions at that. Can I say, I have good taste in friends. If only I had some of those in this room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was girl grin a little bit at that? Well, there you have it. I'm afraid I don't live up to your expectations. The shine's come off. I'm a literal nobody from nowhere. I'm very good at stabbing people. Didn't lie about that, at least. What exactly left you with the impression that we had any standard that you were to live up to other than to be honest and straightforward with us and to assist us in our endeavors? There's this long pause as Sol just looks at 5e, eyes squinting, trying to make sense out of that question. And you could just see the math going on behind their eyes, even though you probably aren't entirely sure what they're trying to calculate. Well, I've never really been honest or straightforward with anyone ever, so I suppose I failed that test, but we do have a common enemy, and I do intend to see that through. That is all that I require of you. Things change. Programs. People. Personalities. Forms and programs are, are mutable. They evolve. Fivey looks to Whisker. They recombine. What was, now is. The old is made new again. You'll find a way forward. Look at me. I was once a simple caretaker robot with bodyguard protocols. Now I'm a heuristic killing machine. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you really had a glow up. <laughs> you do wear it well. <laughs> you kind of barely hear Pons muttering, Brass Enigma. Brass Enigma. Just pondering it more, <laughs> trying to figure out what it could mean. <laughs> Didn't hear the explanation, just would rather yeah. keep their own head <laughs> I do love his imagination. I'm sorry I don't have more answers for you all, but if we can get radio signals out and I can at least warn them, because they are they're like you, aren't they? They're good and they're stupid and they will stop for private security, even private security like Infernex. I, I just need someone to warn them. I take it you have some idea of where to find them. <laughs> you said they're still with the monastery. I promised I would never bother them again. I have no idea where they are, but... Well, then don't. I'll bother them. Yes, we're exceedingly good at that. <laughs> I'm sure Vin knows. She was fishing. She can, she can tell me where they are. Right, well, I'm going to get some sleep. 
I advise you all to do the same. Strongly agreed. If anyone requires a sedative to ease the process, by all means, I have plenty on hand. Sol will clear their throat and not making eye contact because it's very difficult to ask for, for help sometimes. Uh, knowing myself, I might need one or else I'm going to be up all night trying to place calls. Give me your arm. Oh, there's. it's not a pill. Oh, my apologies. Uh, <laughs> five he pulls a small gel cap. <laughs> a little extreme there. <laughs> and uh, uses the injector tip of his uh, other, other finger to push it into the gel cap. I brought the good stuff. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> my apologies. I sometimes forget that a less invasive route would be preferable. Thank you. <laughs> and you the pat- pellet. So we'll take it and pretend to swallow it. Pretend? Oh, I've got to roll perception on that. <laughs> roll slide a handful. I'm on it. 19. Dirty 20. 23. But 5e doesn't say anything. Aww. And he stands up from his awkward bent knee position in one <laughs> smooth servo whirring motion and flattens himself against a nearby wall and enters low power mode. <laughs> awesome. So as you guys are dispersing to head to go to bed, uh, my Ronnie walks up to you, Soul, and they look down at you since you're still crouching and they say, you know, you say that people get tired of you, but I think you're pretty cool. And then for the first time ever, you see them smile and they say, almost as cool as me. And they turn oh and walk gosh. away. <laughs> the, oh, the, the, really? the cowboy hat. The go with the hat. Oh my god. Wow. Oh. The hat magically summoned to their heads. <laughs> like that would hurt me to have to role play. Yeah. Uh, same. Just getting you back for the standing in the wind with the bandana. I think you have to give us a popsicle for that. Hardcore <laughs> oh, agree. Oh. Soul smiles and you just hear quiet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. As everyone makes their way back to the room, I think Koto was going to try to get Para's attention. Um, hey, um, Para, um, do you have a minute? I have several minutes, hours, days. How may I assist you? You know, uh, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say this. I really don't know how to ask this. Um, everything dealing with Paralaxis is a mystery and insanely confusing. The more I think about it, the less I can even f- try to understand it. Um, but apparently, the way that everything was laid out to me, it looks as though my powers were given to me from Parallaxis. And if you are a part of Parallaxis, I'm wondering if you've also been shifting throughout the multiverse as well. You talk about so much as if it's new to you, um, but if you truly are a part of whatever this entity is, um, surely you would have... You mean, you know how to walk. You know how to grab things. You're clearly not, like, a newborn. I'm, I'm just wondering if, if you can see into different experiences in throughout the multiverse, like maybe through the eyes of Parallaxis, if, if that's what your memories draw on. I'm sorry if this doesn't make any sense. It's hard for me to even try to think about it. No, I understand. You have... Questions, Koto, and um, I, I guess you're talking to like this cube, just like Power's eyes open on the cube. <laughs> oh god, that's so weird. <laughs> I understand 
that for you and the rest of the crew, time is a linear and sometimes sad thing. You are born, you live, you die, you are replaced. I see all these things all the time. I see you as you are now. I see you as you were a child. I see you as you will be. I do not know how best to make sense of these things, but know that when the time comes, I will be there for you. You say you've seen me as a child. You see me as I am now. You see me as I'm younger. I, I have to ask, have, do you see my parents? Only you. She kind of looks to the side, um, looks a little disappointed at that answer and says, okay, well, I guess for better or worse, we're a team now. I mean, everyone on this in this group is a team, but yes, I can't help but feel a little more drawn to you. I feel wow, this in wow, my wow, wow. <laughs> Sorry, that's a sexy cube right there. Yeah. <laughs> mm, like your angles. Um, <laughs> no, um, they are new. <laughs> Actually, part of that's a cube. Normally, is obviously like. A smaller thing, but while they're still dealing with this um, new situation, the cube is large. <laughs> it's about mm-hmm. about five foot by five large. foot, I guess, up in the air. Yeah, it's just taking up a corner of the room. Yeah, just this massive cube. If you weren't paying attention, just looks like some kind of storage thing. Our own personal companion cube. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Kota will then say, "Well, if if you f- if we are going to be working together, I think it might be in our best interest to try and." pull our abilities together and see if we can come up with some kind of combination attacks, some tag team abilities. Ah. Uh, when you have some time and we have some downtime, I'd love to practice some of my spell casting with yours and kind of pick your brain on what we can do and accomplish together. Of course. That sounds most enjoyable. Like the SRO wrestling we saw on our way here, you and I. Tag team partners. I, I mean, yeah, but less chairs being smashed mm. against each other. That's just fine. Or more chairs. <laughs> <laughs> or we could always chairs. use more chairs. I could just, you could be... turn into a chair and I could just smash you against people. Now you are thinking with chairs. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb, I love it. Stop, you had me at wrestling and smashing. Right. <laughs> but yes, this would be agreeable. Koto, okay. I would like to say thank you. It is difficult to admit, Koto, but somehow I feel that if it were not for you, we would not have made it out of that situation. As I said, you have my respect and you have my thanks. When the time comes, whatever you need, I will be there for you. Uh, You say that if it weren't for me, we wouldn't have gotten out of that mess. I feel like if it weren't for me, we wouldn't have even been in that mess. I mean, you saw the state that Pons was in afterwards. According to whatever the hell Parallaxis is, I should have a greater control over these abilities, but I think with your help, I should be able to get to a point where I can prevent unintentional shifts um, and harness the power of Parallaxis to our desires instead of just being a puppet. Yes, nobody wants to be a puppet. I look forward to trading with you. We can start tomorrow. Great. Um, yeah, okay, like I said, I, I know that you guys were... I put you through the ringer, so I'll, I'll let you get some rest. Koto, we came away from a bad situation that you had no control over. We have come away from many bad situations that we have all had no control over. Do not blame yourself. 
I know that I certainly do not. And pawns, and I, I, the, the eyes shift slightly over the pawns. I do not believe they do either. Well, if what I've heard today is true, it looks like we have a fight in store for us. I'm ready to bash a few heads in to let out some frustration. That is the spirit. An arm comes out of the cube and like pats Kota's shoulder, and then like pulls back. Very, very strange. <laughs> Koto says out loud, very, very strange. <laughs> now come yes. to bed and it drags you inside. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'll sleep over here. Training, training, yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, then at that, Koto will uh, try to find a little spot to uh, hunker down for the night. All right. So, Soul kind of eavesdrops on that conversation and sits quietly pretending to be out and then once they hear the room go quiet, they're going to sneak out and see if they can go find Jasper. Okay, go ahead and give me a stealth roll. That is going to be another dirty 20. Ugh, that beats my 19. I also got a 19 on that perception check. Three's a crowd. I literally Plus. got a 19 as well. <laughs> I, I think also if we're, if we're asleep, we technically probably have a negative modifier. Too, yeah, so absolutely. No way that I caught Minus it. Minus 19. Yeah. Oh, no. And I'm sure Pons <laughs> would have been able to notice that because I'd have to roll like a four. But yeah, <laughs> he'll be asleep. Yeah, same. But pa- pa just will just like watch Soul leave and let them do their thing. Doesn't, they don't have to fall them. <laughs> the eyes pop out of the cube for a second and then pull back in. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that makes me just a little sad because this would be a very fun scene to eavesdrop on, but. (laughs) All right. So you sneak out into the hallways and start looking around. Do you start asking people where to go or do you just search for yourself? I think Sol will kind of do a quick sweep. Number one, just wanting to know a little bit of the layout and then see if they can find Jasper. And then if that's not pretty quickly fruitful. Uh, they're very tired. They want this day to be over with, so they will ask for help if it's not. Okay, why don't you go ahead and give me a survival check? Leave that is a... Okay, that's going to be a 13. So as you walk around this place, you find that it is essentially a series of rooms where people either have hunkered down here, there's a room with cots and... Now, there's a room with a bunch of computers where people are standing over desks reviewing the plans, you know. But eventually, as you're kind of peeking into these rooms, you look through the opening in one of these doors that's cracked slightly open, and you see inside a vehicle that looks rough and ready, and the back door is open, and you see a couple legs that are sticking out like someone is laying in the back. and. Just from what you had seen of them before, because they had kicked their feet up on the table, they're the same pants that Jasper was wearing. I'm just going to shake my head just a little judgmentally and toe the door open and lean into the frame. Be like, are you napping in there? <laughs> oh, no, I was um, considering the future plans of... Yes, you know, it's sometimes you just need a, you need a minute. But... Um, I had a feeling I might find you in here. Technically, I think I found you. And Soul is going to have their tail flick out and kind of flick the door closed behind them and go to sit next to Jasper. Do you really give us your quarters? So while the rest of you are trying to sleep or are in fact sleeping, 
over the radio, you hear a slam of a door that jostles you guys awake. And it seems that while Sol was messing with their data pad, trying to make these calls out, they turned on their comm unit. <laughs> oh, delicious. You butt dialed us. Oh, delicious. <laughs> so delicious, your secrets. And in answer to your question, Sol, I mean, I don't sleep often, so I didn't really need it. That's but, fair. You know, I never expected to see you again after you uh, ran off with those Solarians, but I'm glad to be wrong. Sil kind of lowers their eyes for a moment and just collects themselves before uh, looking at Jasper again and forces just a, just a bit of a smile. Yeah, I didn't really expect for that to happen either, but <laughs> it's good to see you. You said your name's Jasper now. I'm Sol. Sol Janaire. I think that name's a lot better than T. You know, very dramatic, very you. I went through a few myself. I was Oshin, and then I was Ashwin, and then I was Aesol, and, you know, but all that changed when I got to this uh, wretched rock. Now I just go by what they call me and what they need me to be, and that's Jasper the Red. I kind of became what uh, the universe need me to be, so it seems we're both following a similar calling. Yeah, I suppose something like that, but I'm sure you're off saving the world. They uh, gesture to your moat that's floating overhead. I mean, you got the power, so why not? Well, not every world needs saving, and sometimes saving something makes it worse than when you got there, you know? Everything's complicated. They turn and chuckle a little bit. <laughs> you know, I don't think it could get much worse than this place, no matter what I did to it. You're not wrong. I mean, it's pretty wretched. And Soul kind of shifts a little bit closer and just being around this person again, who they were a child with, it's just kind of reverting to old habits and just leans themselves and their head against Jasper's shoulder, if he'll allow it. Just... Yeah, they don't make any move to stop you. Oh, come on. You can't still be a crybaby. I'm going to need you to be much tougher than that if we're going to take down the oppressors of this planet. They shove him very hard. <laughs> <laughs> Look, asshole. I hit real hard, crying or not, okay? And I... They stop and look away. I haven't cried since the day they left me. Seems I'm real good at vanishing when I need to. Well, it's probably for the best that you did vanish from the Brass Enigma. You got out before they came to this place. So, I'm sure that there were people that were upset that you were gone or thought you were dead or whatnot, but everyone wanted a way out. You just actually found one. I don't regret it. They... Every day with them was the best day of my life. I am sorry I left you to take care of everyone. And I'm real sorry I didn't get to say goodbye. Don't worry about it. I saw what happened. I was there. I happened to be in the neighborhood. Don't read into it. And they look at you. <laughs> but, yeah, I saw you get attacked. I saw those two Lashunta jump in and help. And, you know, once they pulled you away, I figured that... You are going to be coming back. Just because I didn't come back doesn't mean I forgot. They're going to hold up um, the back of their 
right arm and show a black band with gold tattoos, star patterns, orbital patterns that Jasper may or may not remember, but it's the view from the station the last time they saw each other. Hmm. You know, most things from back then I've tried to forget. Not that that's possible, but, you know, there are a few good moments. And I suppose looking up at the stars and imagining how much better life could be was one of them. Brass was a shit family, but you made it tolerable. Is Reb here? Did she make it? Ah, um, so the way it all played out was the Brass Enigma decided to move again, you know, as they always do. Yeah. And they came to this place, but before that happened, Reb up and vanished. I would like to think that they knew this place was a death trap and ran off, but it's hard to think anyone gets a happy ending around here. You know, it's it's been a long time since I even got to see those Lashanta. I think at this point I've been missing them longer than I had them, but you, uh, you don't seem like you've changed too much. I might not be the happiest, but I love life. I love living. There's so much to find. I wouldn't just throw my life away for anyone. I would for my old friend. You still that person? More banged up, I mean. They look away for a moment. You know, I'm glad that you didn't come to this place. I'm glad it hasn't worn you away, because as much as I would like to say that I'm the same person I used to be, So there's a reason that the Brass Enigma isn't a thing anymore. When we landed on this place, the, let's call them upper management, realized how unprosperous this place was. They could find a way out, but they left the rest of us. So, take a wild guess who stepped up to try to take command. Sol's going to just look at him with thoughtful admiration for a long moment and then elbow him again and kind of wrap their tail around his calf. Say, here I thought I was the leader of our group, but look at what all you accomplished. Leadership, you got all the munitions I've seen in ages, you got all these folks ready to go, a plan? All I managed to do is dip myself in golden glitter. At that time, no, it wasn't me. It was Crux. Crux? The one who always wanted power, so... I'll make this story real short. Croc steps up and tries to do the best he can to command, and you know how that goes. It became tyranny more than anything. You know, there was was a a child younger than us after your time. Um, Everyone called him Maestro because he liked to sing. You know, he was, uh, that was the only way he kept spirits up, and he was good at it. Need some razzle-dazzle with me, gone. <laughs> yeah, well, it got quiet without you. So there was a day when things went wrong, a job fell through, and Crux was not happy. But Maestro was trying to keep everyone's spirit up, and Crux didn't like that because it was more like rubbing in the failure rather than trying to help everyone. And he beat that boy to death. That tracks. So... Soon thereafter, we got a mission to go out into the wastes to find and scrap a one of those old ships, find what we could, right? You know, I was the only other one capable enough to go out, so it was the two of us. We went out into the desert, and he never came back. 
Or that's what I told everyone else. What actually happened is when I found a moment of opportunity, I put a knife in his back and dragged him in front of a sand ray pit. Good. So, when you ask if I'm the same person, unfortunately, Ashin died that day and Jasper the Red was born. Life has a way of tarnishing all of us. Wouldn't worry about that. Sol's gonna lean in and poke the side of the gas mask. Did he do that to you? Oh, no, this is... I'm sure you noticed how bad the air is around here and how bad the quality of filters is. No, this was this was me. I replaced my lungs with a filter that I had designed. And, um, well, basically, I'd say my best kissing days are behind me. <laughs> At least I'm not dealing with mutations now. That's fair. That's good, because that means there's not someone else I gotta go kill for doing that to you. Fine if it's a choice. And Jasper sees, you know, this, probably this strange overlay of the small, scrawny child that they knew. The two of them just threatening to hurt everyone and kill everyone just because they were angry, scared kids trying to seize any power that they had in that situation. Yet now in front of them is this same person, still a little short, still a little on the scrawny side, but suddenly entirely capable of carrying out that threat, but doesn't seem to have changed all that much. Yeah, they kind of look you over as they take perspective on who you were and who you are now. They say, so what made you get rid of the horns? Everyone always saw those first and I'm, I never claimed to be anything but a shitty person. That, but if people are going to judge me, I at least want them to judge me for what I've done, not what they think some ancestor of mine has done. And the Sibs, they, they never understood, you know. They wanted me to just pick up and move on. I had a better life now, and why was I clinging to the past and letting things that ASMR did get to me? I couldn't let it go, really. You understand, it's as much a part of us as... So they take off the glasses part of their gas mask and look into your eyes. You know, the galaxy has a way of telling us who we're supposed to be. Everyone has an opinion. But what I've learned by changing into who I am now is that instead of letting them change you, they should be afraid of what you can do. You should show them that they can't control you. If it were me, I'd get those horns back because they're damn impressive. You know, I think I'm rather tired of people telling me what I should and shouldn't do, friend. Besides, between your blue eyes and those Lashanta, you saw them, they were damn gorgeous. You've got to stop listening to hot people. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, I am a hot person now, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. And they bump their shoulder into you. I'll poke his side and say, so what makes you the red? I mean, we're on a red planet. I'm kind of the leader of a revolution. We might have to get bloody around here. I don't really want to. If we can just run the brains off this planet, then that would be correct. But we'll see if that happens. You know, speaking of, why is it your on a crew with one of them templates. 
Sol takes a very deep breath. Thought I was here because of that. Did you see that Nasanoi? Long tall drink of water? Yeah, the quiet, mopey looking one. He is a bit mopey, I suppose, but he's. You know what you and I went through. It's nothing compared to what that boy endured. 5e really does mean well for him, but I. I'm worried he wants what's best, and you and I know more than anyone. But you've been through what we've been through, you kind of need to know all your options. After my little display up there, I think I kind of lost a lot of credibility. But maybe if you could just give him a talk. I'm sure he thinks you're pretty cool. Well, he's right, of course. But, yeah, if we can find a moment, then I'll talk to him. There, There's something really big going on. And it's bigger than one planet. Apparently it's bigger than even a universe, which is really weird because I've spent most of my life at this point talking to the universe. So the fact that there's something bigger is really not sitting well with me. They say real nice things, but I I know how I am, and they might be done with me real soon. You'll, uh, we get this cleaned up, you'll save me a seat on a transport off planet, yeah? Might need to come at this from another angle eventually. If we make it through this, whatever you need. Soul will nod and hop up and take a couple steps away and then turn back. This doesn't change what I said, you know. These are my people, at least for now. They are under my protection. And I'm sure that you of all folks, Jasper, can understand why I do not appreciate you referring to my friend Pons as his ancestry rather than his right and proper name. Preach! They give a little nod. I understand where you're coming from, and I hope you understand where I'm coming from. Here, they're the enemy. I understand, and I don't expect you to understand this right now, because I... I don't think I do, but there's a chance that he might be as much a victim as anyone else in this. I'm not saying he don't got privilege. It's, it's showing trust, but... He <laughs> does float around like he owns the place. Oh, he's also just a bit floaty. He just... <laughs> but I hear you, and I understand where you're coming from. I also think it might be a good idea to go to sleep. You look real bad. Oh, thanks, darling. You look great yourself. They'll nod and say, they are good folk, and thank you. I know you put yourself at risk getting us here. They'll come through. All right. Well, we'll all have a big chat in the morning. Sounds good. Uh, you keep studying those plans you got inscribed on the inside of your eyeballs. Um, it's a real good place to keep them. Yeah. Very impressed with your ingenuity there. That's right. They can't find them here. Exactly. I'm just going to go back to studying now. And they lay back in the car. Sol will kind of pat his knee and start to walk off and walk the halls, taking a few deep breaths and digesting all that happened. And they're going to pull out their deck of cards and just look. Not that there's a sky they can see, but they flip one. And they kind of say, all right, do you have anything for me? And then they stop and roll their eyes as... The Six of Swords, inverted, comes up. It's like, no, really, things haven't ended well. I've not gotten over something. Really? Really? Are you being cheeky? Do you have anything useful? And they're going to annoyedly shuffle the cards and then grab another one and just stop dead. Just, and kind of lean against the wall almost as if they were punched and shake their head and just say under their breath, I honestly don't know if I'm capable of that anymore, love. And they will put the Ace of Cups back into the deck, square it up, pull out their data pad, 
try and hit a call one more time, watch it fail, and then go and sneak back into the room and just curl up into a corner. Smallest ball they can manage. When you come back into the room, Whisker is like on their bedroll with like their hands under their chin and their knees kicked up and just a <laughs> shit-eating grin on their face. Oh no. Staring at you. Oh gosh. So like blinks. Oh, you're still awake. Yeah. Well, good night. And just for the record, <laughs> I think you would look great with horns. My gosh. <laughs> and also, my best kissing days are still ahead of me. And then roll over and go oh to bed. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. above and below. And they're just going to eat that. Good night. The ball gets smaller. <laughs> I'm getting very big. I'm a little stinker vibes from Whisker. <laughs> Ain't I a stinker? Yeah. <laughs> they take the sleeping pill. No. <laughs> and just pray for it to kick in. <laughs> and eventually it does. And you all have finally gotten a long rest. Yeah. Spell slots, baby. Resolve points. Go ahead, get your stuff all set up and long rest done, and then I'm going to do a thing. I already did it. I already it. did mine. Do a thing. So you're still going to get the benefits of the full rest, but pawns, during the <gasps> night, you toss and turn. Strange dreams wake you several times. Every time there is a consistent theme, a place lined with metal, curling like a maze that you wander through, lost. Sometimes you're with people you know, sometimes you're alone. Eventually, in this twisting structure, you find a door. It opens and endless fog pours out. It's hard to breathe, but you press on. As you do, lights flicker in the mist and deep tones like groaning beasts resonate through the vapors. As you forge into the fog, you encounter a humanoid figure bathed in these shifting lights, shrouded by the swirling mists. You know they are a friend. You know they are an ally. You know they are... And then there's a knock at the door that wakes you up. Ah, I'm up. I'm up. So uh, like springs out of the ball. NR5E enters full power mode and stalks over to the door. One appendage on the latch says, Who is it? It is the Master Armor. Our leader wishes to speak with all of you. Once you have adorned yourself and are awake, please join me outside. Acknowledged. I turn back to the others. Hans will either use his hygiene kit or find some place to clean off and... Gotta get that morning shave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't want those brain hairs growing. Um, Pyro's cube has become... Is he brain hairs? <laughs> furry brain. Yeah. Mm. I think wow, that's very a, good with a goatee. That's a terrible image. <laughs> Brain hairs. Hmm. Um, <laughs> our power cube has uh, shrunk in the night. And um, hearing that everyone's getting ready to go, they're going to um, stand up and reform. They've taken on the form of a similar one to Squawkus um, with their new larger body, a larger ability. They can make bigger shapes. So they're going to take something on that looks a little bit like Squawkus, but, um, but younger. The young, handsome Squawkus. Okay. <laughs> nice. Perhaps. Sol will go up to Para and kind of elbow them and 
motion for them to lean down. Because they're very tall now. <laughs> so, what can I do for you? Soul's going to reach up and just boop one of Para's antennas. Ah, uh, yes. This too is new. And they shrink them down like a snail. <laughs> <laughs> do they still have the little gold flecks? Yes, they do. They still have the little gold flecks from the, the gold they stole from Soul when they met them. Yeah, Soul will kind of nod up to it and be like, is that from me? Ah, uh, I thought it would be better than simply removing it. Well, it looks good on you, but you deserve better than my leavings. And they're going to make a little bit of a show, coming a little bit back to themselves, one hand empty, and they're going to do a slight flourish, twist to the wrist, and then open their hand. And there are two about quarter inch little gold beads in their hand. These might fit you better, especially when you're this large. I appreciate it. What do they do? Just decorations. Ah, thank you. And um, they uh, take them from you, absorb them into their hand, and then they um, they appear, I guess, just um, just at the end of their horns that they have now, and they they've been tinted gold from the uh, yeah from the gold from the from their antenna. Beautiful. You wear gold well. As do you. They have the decency to look just a little flattered. <laughs> All right then, are we doing this? Seems that this is the way of things. There is no sense in wasting further time. You follow Reed, and they take you to a small garage. Soul, you recognize this place. You had visited it only the night before. And inside is an armored vehicle, which Jasper is on top of, and they're affixing an impressive scoped rifle that's almost as large as they are on top of the roof. Several people are at a nearby desk, and they're talking to him while you guys enter. And you hear them saying, the details before so we can get into position and we'll have to scramble if and then they notice you enter. Uh, and he looks over at this group and says, I'll have what you need in front of you shortly. For now, I need to speak to our new allies. So and taking the hint, this group of people depart. Lovely to see you handling uh, heavy equipment, darling. <laughs> you know, they can't really smile anymore, but you can feel it. <laughs> So Jasper hops down off the vehicle, walks over and shuts the door behind the people. And they put one finger up to their lips, or at least where it would have been. And then they touch a switch on their wrist on this device. And those of you who either have communication tech in your head or telepathy, you start hearing a feedback. Yeah. A feedback, you say? Uh-oh. Yeah. Like, so it's like, like a scratching noise, yes. Some, this seems, yeah, some kind of like um, interference given privacy. Yes. Oh, I think I need to reset my tape. Ah, that's just painful. <laughs> I wonder if Pons has a little pencil to like do the tape. <laughs> they hold up a hand. Sorry for the headache. Gotta scramble the conversation. Sadly, at this point, can't trust everyone to be who they claim under these circumstances. One more reason to bring all of you in. Their eyes seem to move to pawns despite the mask. Before I go any further, I have to ask you, pawns, what we plan to do is disrupt all of your people and their livelihoods. Run them off world at very least, or shift their position so they're no longer masters of the planet. Are you really okay with doing that? Losing the golden castle in the sky. 
I'm not too worried about the infrastructure here, or those that are at the top. Only deal I'd like to make is that we find Nerians. He's to be kept alive and sent to us. I second that. I don't remember seeing him on any councils or anything of that nature, so doesn't sound like a problem to me. I'd like to actually add any research and assistant assistance that he has had would also be turned over, as that would help us in the process of restoring Scriff's siblings. Agreed. Possession of that data is requisite for our needs. All right. As long as it's not something that's being used to oppress people, it's not my business. Second thing. And they lift up the note that you handed them. Why do you want to know about Thasteron? I felt like there was going to be a cliffhanger and we're going to see you next time after that. So we're just waiting for it. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, I was like, oh, no. Same thought. Nerians was researching the subject back when I was a lab assistant here. It seems like the dervish also had some implication in that research. Coming back after over a year, obviously something's going on here. It's not like people should just be able to recognize me. Everything's gotten worse so quickly. So I want to know if there's a connection. What has Nerian's been doing? What was the dervish looking for? And what is linking everyone that is allowing them to know who I am? Soul is watching Jasper very closely when the dervish is mentioned. Roll sense motive. Can I do that too? Absolutely. It's only a 15. As a 32. Oh, Pons. <laughs> yeah, Pons is a little more locked in when he's asking these things than you'd normally see him. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Despite their entire face being covered by a gas mask, there's an impact when you say that name. I admit that's more than I was expecting you to say. What research we've done on it, which admittedly is not great because we have other priorities. It is a problem on this planet, causing mutations. Everyone's breathing this in. And yeah, we, my assumption is that these storms and whatever is happening on this planet has caused some sort of either tectonic plate shift, earthquake, something. And maybe it opened a fissure and this stuff is leaking out because it is drastically worse than it was even a few months ago. It's hard to say. I mean, I know the illegal mining of it isn't enough to change it like this. So there's something more, I'm sure. But the part about everyone being able to recognize you, that may be beyond me. But I can concur that seeing you seems strangely familiar, and I was inclined to trust you, and I didn't know why. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe I really just have one of those faces. And yeah, Pons will just kind of take him at his word for that. And uh, if he notices that, you know, he would recognize the dervish's name, but not want to speak further on it, uh, Pons isn't going to press the issue but just kind of keep it in the back of the mind of his mind. Okay. Well, I think it's time we get to it. So they begin to lay out a plan that involves all of you posing as soldiers of Gravewood, another mercenary company here on Akaton. 
Your cover is that you're guarding a shipment of high-tech components to the upper levels. And some of you will need to pose as soldiers, while some of you will need to pose as workers, because no one would expect the mercenaries to be doing all the work. Jasper says that they have some mercenary IDs and uniforms that would get you guys up to the front door and with any luck through it. And then they turn to pawns again. I boomboxed. Does that thing come off? It does. And he pulls it off. Ooh. And you guys yeah. see <laughs> a very <laughs> strange indentation in his frontal lobe. <laughs> it's like seeing a friend naked. It's not. Mm. Does it like say Sony backwards? <laughs> it's just got an end. Yeah, it could have just been where this, this. Yeah, it could have just been from the boombox. You're not sure. They give you a nod. So. This plan would get you up close, but having a contemplative would lean a lot of credibility on the crew. You know, except the boombox makes you a bit unique. See, sometimes templates come down here and oversee things that they deem too important for, you know, groveling idiots to handle. And if you were there looking the part, it would make it a bit easier, perhaps. Oh, could, uh, Whisker, could you whip me up something a little bit? more concealable to talk out of sure well you could just use your natural voice i'm sure none of us will be offended <laughs> no <laughs> aren't okay. we hearing it now though okay guys oh, oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> I, I i've been talking this one for quite a while I, i'm a lot more well if uh, you need to talk comfortable with if it. it if it's just talking to us then you have your telepathy right or are you yeah, that thinking about talking to others? I will probably need to talk to some people along the way, so it would be best that I can still communicate. Isn't it pretty common for contemplatives to speak through telepathy? I think it would be suspicious if you didn't. So then <laughs> so then we're fine. Just use your telepathy. Alright, and, and Pons kind of very sadly puts the boombox down. Aww. And looks at it. <laughs> Oh, I kind of shrugs his want, shoulders for a second. Want, <laughs> if you want a new boombox, then we can talk. We can always put your original in the null space chamber. <gasps> Keep it with You're us. You're right. Oh, I just forgot <laughs> there about you go. that. <laughs> it gets sucked in. So they explain to you that they have information on a building that's about three over from the one that Narian's lab resides at the top of. And they have a general understanding of the layout at the bottom floors, which is essentially warehouses stacked on top of each other. And there's multiple cargo lifts that go throughout. You know, there'll be a lot of mercenaries and civilians probably interspersed through these areas. The cargo you have is legit stuff. Spaceship parts, not easy to get a hold of here, but they'll pass any muster on the lower levels. Provided nothing goes wrong, you'll be taken straight to an elevator and take you about halfway up the building. That said, the info from there gets real scarce. Mouths button up and all. You'll have to follow their direction on where to go next, as hard as that sounds. If nothing goes wrong, You'll make your way to the top on your own. I wish my information was a bit more thorough in that area, but credit where credit is due. The templates and mercs are keeping it locked up tight. We appreciate your putting your trust in us. I'll provide right? backup where I, or, Yeah, excuse me. No, okay. <laughs> I'll provide backup where I can. 
either by trouble in the city, or if I can be in the right time and the right place. And they pat the giant rifle that's on top of the vehicle. Something more direct. Yeah. So once you get through the main doors, I'm gonna wake the beast and the whole city's gonna start to move. Pull attention away from what you're doing. Spread them thin so you can make your way up. It seems better that we decide who is to be the mercenaries and who is to be the workers. Posing as a menial laborer robot should be no trouble for me. I'm happy to do the talking, whoever does the talking in that. Pons goes over and puts on a mercenary outfit. Like, I'm part of this. I, I was going to say, I always wanted to be a professional singer, but uh, whatever <laughs> is going to be the best outfit for me. So we'll, we'll just do that. Yeah. How many mercenaries? How many workers? You guys have as many as you need. You could suit okay. the whole okay. crew, but you need workers to sell it. Mm -hmm. gotcha. I assume okay. I just need to wear some sort of like diplomatic garment or something. Absolutely. Like, I mean, you're wearing a suit. Okay. Is that good enough for what templatives usually wear? Probably. You could fancy it up more if you wanted to. No, no, I'm pretty happy then. Kojo will get a mercenary outfit. Same. Okay. It might be best to show if so goes with the workers and pawns to back up in case any questions get asked. Are the yeah. workers going to be talking or the guards? Yeah, who does the talking? No, but people ask pawns questions. <laughs> I imagine and pawns going to need somebody yeah, to okay. so, <laughs> say things that aren't insane. I think it's just pawns. Yeah, most likely if there is a contemplative in the group, it's going to be expected they're the one in charge. So mm -hmm. play that how you want. Whisker will take a guard uniform. Okay. Can we do it like the Yakuza where I have like a person who talks for me? <laughs> yeah, like an assistant or, an, or like a... That'd be really fun. Executive. Soul will happily take on that role. Yeah, that sounds a lot more interesting. Like dress Soul up, right? <laughs> really fancy. Excuse me. He's exactly. uh, too important to speak to you right yeah, now. Do you think yeah. we can hurry this up? <laughs> oh, wow. They have an Aslanti as their interpreter. <laughs> yes, exactly. Could you do that oh, accent? Oh, no. Here's a credit. Be a good chap and run along now. Okay. <laughs> so my Ronnie looks down at the workers' uniforms. Uh, I don't think they're going to buy me as a mercenary, so they pick up one of those. <laughs> Soul will uh, start to unscrew the barbell piercings that are sideways in their ears and uh, slide them out. And the long gold ear caps come off. They're like, ow, ow, shit, ow, as like blood starts returning to their ears and stinging. And you see these little <laughs> short tiefling ears instead of the big long gold ones that you've been seeing as they tuck those away. They start kind of working on a disguise to make themselves a little bit less recognizable. I need a clipboard. It's very important. I put one on my chest and hand it to Ooh, you. Ah, yeah, do I still have <laughs> Okay, there we go. I was going to say, do I still have the one from all the uh, ship oh, repairs and stuff that we did? Oh, back with the goblins. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. goblins. It's okay. You can take the one from Para. Okay. <laughs> so you guys... The walrus's clipboard? No, from way back. If season two. Don't worry about it. Way we'll back. Moving. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so the crew suits up in these Gravewood soldier disguises that are these black and green mercenary suits. And the workers garb is just kind of this tough, rugged stuff, you know, that would survive this planet. So you guys gear up and Jasper starts leading you to a larger garage area 
and there's this large transport vehicle. And as they look at you, they say, No matter what, no matter what happens next, from this moment on, we are brothers and sisters of Akaton, children of the revolution and freedom fighters for its people. Together we rise. And they hit the button on the back of this transport, which already has these boxes loaded into it. They give you a nod and they move off into the crowd. And <laughs> and sitting in the cargo bay of this vehicle is a little purple cobalt. Yes! Nice! Yes! Well, it looks like I'm gonna be your driver today. So go ahead and hop in. Ah, I, I, I double tip. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good. It's my experience that operational success is always improved when we are dealing with familiar people. Nice to know we're in good hands. Yeah, it's good to see you so soon. Absolutely. Now, let's get this revolution started. And they hop off and start walking to the driver's seat, and they're holding a rocket launcher over their shoulders oh, as they oh climb. Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. yes! I'm here for it. Up. So you all climb into this troop transport, and the ship begins to rise up. And as you head forward, these large steel doors open and you proceed through several sets of these until you come out into what looks like an abandoned underground tram station. And they pull out and into one of these railways and start driving down and they do so for several minutes before it brings them to this sand embankment where clearly it had collapsed in and they pull the vehicle up and out in that direction. So this is it. The final moments. Is there anything you want to do? Any aces up your sleeve that you want to pull before the infiltration and assault on these towers of Akaton begin? <laughs> Can I put on a goatee really fast? Yes. <laughs> All right, done. All right. As all of you head towards the gleaming towers of Akaton, Nereans residing at the top, the hopes of an entire planet riding on your back, prepare yourself for what is to come in the next chapter of the Emergency Power Podcast. Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> when life drains you down, charge up on the Emergency Power Network. Theme song triangles by Diamond Ace. Find them at bandcamp.com. Music provided by Nicholas Judy of Dark Fantasy Studio at darkfantasystudio.com and Tabletop Audio. Find them at tabletopaudio.com as well as Carl Casey of White Bat Audio. Find them at whitebataudio.com. Font Azonics by Mixo. Find them on Twitter at MixoFX. The Starfinder role-playing game, including its official lore and images, are the intellectual property of Paizo Incorporated, all rights reserved. Narrated by Danny Lee Collins.